Welcome to The Good Show. My name's Sarinda and I'm your host. This platform is dedicated to those brave men and women who serve this country and their families. On The Good Show, we discuss all aspects of military culture and lifestyle, from veteran and spouse entrepreneurship to growing up as a military kid. We'll discuss it all. These are real conversations with real people who can give the civilian world an insight into their military lives. Welcome to this week's episode. My name's Sarinda. I'm your host and you are listening to The Good Show. Today we're sitting here with this fantastic lady by the name of Carol Bender from Joy Wellness based in San Diego. Carol, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You look wonderful. You've just had a baby. Yes. Like really just because I remember. Less than three months. Less than three months ago. How is the little one? She's growing like a weed. She's so energetic. And she finally gave me two days where I could be away from her for more than four hours. Oh, my gosh. I remember those mm. days. Now, you have two kids. Two. Yes. My daughter, Evelyn, Evie, is 21 months old. And then Annalise is two and a half months old. And how does Evie feel about having a little baby sister? Oh, in the morning. That's the first word that comes out of her mouth. <laughs> Annalise! <laughs> and she runs over and she says, Annalise, cute. Annalise, oh. hug. And she's all over her. Oh, gosh, that is so adorable. It's special. It's a little jealousy when I can't give full attention. But aside from that, it's really good. <laughs> she's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I want to talk about before we go, start talking about your business, which I'm I'm a patient there. Um, full transparency. And I'm glad I'm a patient there. Otherwise, I'd be some crazy, insane person. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about you're not a you're not from California. So uh, tell me, where were you born? Tell me about your childhood. Sure. I was born in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, back in the 80s. And I am now in California f since 2013. So in my childhood, my mom homeschooled me all the way through sixth grade. And then I started public school. And played soccer and tennis in high school, went to school at University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, and I was able to do a dual degree program there. So I applied early decision, only school I applied for, got to the nursing school and the school of business, the Wharton School. And then after a couple of years of nursing and work we'll talk about, I came back and got my master's there as well. So I became a nurse practitioner through all of that time in Pennsylvania. So yeah. what made you go down the path of nursing? I wanted to make an impact in the world. And when I was in high school, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew that nursing was a career where I could work anywhere and mm -hmm. I could have a lot of options. So it wasn't narrowing me in too much because I was nervous about saying no to all the other cool careers that were out there. And then my dad knew a guy who had gone to the Warren Business School. So when he found out that the nursing program at UPenn offered a dual degree program, he said, do the application. It was literally one more essay to write. And I got accepted to both. And of course, I was doing it for him. But as yeah. I got through the school, I realized, wow, it's more for me in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when did you so you moved here in 2013? Yeah, exactly. When did you open Joy Wellness? 2016. 2016. So for the first three years, what did you do out in California? 
I worked as a nurse practitioner in the emergency rooms of some hospitals out in the Riverside and Inland Empire areas to Victorville and Menifee and Temecula. And uh-huh. then I also worked in a clinic because one of my neighbors said, hey, go apply for this clinic. And then you don't have to travel so far to Victorville. You can yeah. stay local. So I worked in a regenerative medicine and integrated wellness clinic, which I didn't realize how amazing it was until I started seeing the results compared to ER patients. Now, was that the first time you went into this? Um, I, I think a lot of people call it like alternative medicine. True. Correct. So was this your first experience of alternative medicine? As a career, as a profession, it was my first time. Now, I think that working abroad a couple of years before that, I had learned to be creative and I had learned some of the preventative strategies that make a big difference and Uh what you can do to keep people out of hospitals like nutrition. And so I'd learned a bit, but I'd never realized that stem cell therapy, for example, was actually being done in real life, not just in research studies in in a, you know, universities out in the ephemeral realm, you could actually find people doing treatments. And that's what I did my first day in that clinic. And we did a stem cell treatment of the knee. And I said, okay, this is where the future of medicine needs to go. Now, the stem cell treatment, um, when you said you did a stem cell, mm-hmm. uh, a stem cell treatment yeah. of the knee, well, what did you do? I mean, yeah. is it an injection? Do you, how do you do it? Yeah, it's a really good question. So you actually have the patient lay on their belly and you take out the stem cells from their bone marrow, like you have heard of a bone marrow treatment for a cancer patient uh-huh. where they take a transplant. And so you actually take the stem cells out of their bone marrow in their hip. And then they're processed in a centrifuge and then spun down to just extract only the part of the blood and the marrow area that's actually full of stem cells. And so it's a few, it's like, you know, a few percentages of that total volume you extract. And then you re-inject that small percentage into the joint of the knee or any other damaged areas. And in this case, the knee was arthritic. So it just really needed to have the signaling mechanisms put back there to call the body to regenerate it. Okay. Now, when did you decide? First of all, were you... um when you first moved to Cali, were you married? Were you single? I was single. Okay. And I took a leap, not knowing many people out here, and decided that this is the time that I have the freedom to choose where I would love to live. And after a couple years of being in California, about 2015, I met my boyfriend, now husband, uh-huh. through Match.com. And oh, wow. it works. <laughs> <laughs> And he came up to Temecula and we, uh, you know, we started dating and then I learned about the needs of the military community when it comes to the injuries they sustain and how they don't have quick healing mechanisms available to them. And so this, there were a couple guys that came up to Temecula to our clinic there. And then they said, you need to come and bring this clinic down to San Diego. And that's where the, you know, the seeds started to plant for finding a location. And there's always a fallback option of an ER job as a nurse practitioner. So I knew, let me take the leap and then I can sustain the income until I get going. Now, let me ask you, before we talk about um, Joy Wellness itself, when you decided you were going to come down, you were going to take the leap and you were going to open up a a business, Mm -hmm. how did you know what you had to do? That's a really good question. I saw the examples of some other business people in my life and I saw how the clinic up in Temecula had certain services and the things that they were doing right. Uh I also saw a lot of bad examples of a bad boss and why they were, they went bankrupt actually a couple months later. So I knew that we had to put patient care first and second that we had to take care of our staff because the staff is the reflection of your 
of yourself, of your brand, of everything. So we, we build a really small and lean, mean team of three of us. And we started doing the basics, you know, what's your, we talked to the patient and we asked what their goals were and we tried to meet their goals and we grew our services based on the patient's demands and needs. Now, when you opened up your business financially, um, did you like go to the SBA and say, okay, I've got this idea and I need a grant or whatever? How did you? I looked at the website and the process looked arduous and looked overwhelming. And so I decided I would talk to some people and I talked to my boyfriend at the time and now husband. And I said, Hey, will you loan me 25 K and I'll pay you back at 7% interest. That's the same as a cabbage loan, but I can give it to you. So he said, okay. And I paid him back after the deployment with the money earned from the clinic, the extra thousand dollars of interest. And it was a, it was a little bit of a test of our relationship in a way of how much does he believe in this marriage, you know, relationship. So it's kind of cool. And he's one of our best customers today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, something he's also your biggest asset with letting you, cause he's active duty. So he's also your biggest asset in letting the guys know where they should be going. That's right. Because the VA doesn't do this kind of regenerative medicine. So, so let's get to the, what exactly is regenerative medicine? I like to define regenerative medicine as the body's using the body's healing capabilities to heal itself. A lot of people will consider words like platelet rich plasma or PRP as a familiar term. And that's basically taking blood out of your own bloodstream, spinning down to get the growth factors that are called platelets Uh and reinjecting them into areas to stimulate growth or regeneration. And if people are curious what is actually PRP it's if you ever had a cut on your arm and there's yellow sticky stuff before the scab forms and it becomes Uh hard that's the platelets that are being sent by the bloodstream to that area to stimulate the skin tissue to heal oh I like that I never knew that it's nice yeah and that's an easy analogy I always go back to in my brain it's calling the body to Uh come and heal it's not just that the stem cells or the platelets become skin, but they signal to the body to send that skin cell to its healing spot. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I think that's when I think about it, I think that's amazing how the body does that. Yes. You know, it's fascinating and it's designed to heal, I believe. And we've seen it that if you can support the body's natural way of equilibrium or homeostasis, that you'll get the best results with the least amount of side effects. Now, is there um, like a, I don't want to use, uh, common is the only word that comes to my mind. I'm sorry. Is there like a common procedure that most people come in for uh, where regenerative medicine works really well? Yes. So the common conditions we see are knee injuries or knee arthritis. We talked about the knee that arthritis is just inflammation of a joint. So if there's been an injury from the past and then it was surgically repaired years down the road, 99% of those post-surgical knees are going to be inflamed or arthritic. So they will need something to calm them down. It gets like a hot, you know, it's like a fire in there and you want to cool it down. So you put in regenerative medicine, whether it be what we talked about already, stem cells or Uh PRP or growth factors from placenta or the amniotic fluid, not the baby, just after the (laughs) C-section, the baby's fine and happy in the nursery. And there's a placenta that mother delivers. And there's a lot of stem cells and a lot of growth factors in that 
tissue because you can think of how the baby grew so fast in those nine months, signaling factors yeah. from the placenta and the umbilical cord. And so back to the the treatment, you, yeah. you can, can get those products from labs and then inject them into the small areas that are damaged or inflamed or arthritic. So it brings the baby, it's, it's kind of like turning the knee back as close to a fresh baby as you possibly could, if that makes sense. Yeah. Now, is a, I take it there's a high success rate. Yes. Okay. Probably with the cases that come to us, uh-huh. we tell patients, first of all, about 90 to 95% of you are a candidate for uh-huh. regenerative medicine in an attempt to stave off surgery several years from a knee replacement, push it off a decade, or to actually heal the tendon or the ligament. Age is a factor and body, you know, health status is a factor. And are you giving, you know, we, we plant the seeds with the regenerative medicine, but how's the soil? Is your body yes. a good soil to receive it and ready to respond? So the fact the treatment usually results in about a 90% success rate of healing as much as we can't say the word heal. Yeah. It, it's, it's like, Yep, that worked. I came back. I'm pain free, doc, and I'm ready for you know my my sport. You know, we yeah. have pro athletes, we have young, we have old. Almost anyone can be a candidate, and the number of treatments might be something that would be variable yeah. based on their age or their health status. So, yeah. Now I remember when I first heard of regenerative medicine. It was only available to two pro athletes yeah. to get them back on the field, yeah. you know, quickly. That's right. Um, and it was, I remember it was some doctor in New York and um, watching this article. And I remember thinking, wow, well, that, that's okay if you're a pro athlete, right, right. you know. Yeah. But so it's nice to know that we can actually go in there. Joe Blow can walk in and have access to this as well. Yeah, we're talking a whole treatment of one area is under 3K. In comparison to maybe there's places where it's 5K, but I have heard of places 20K, 50K. And we're really trying to keep it in the range of where you could get your, you know, think of your car repair, you know, and how much do you value your body? Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you, uh, I just want to go back to you being from the East Coast. When you moved to the West Coast, did you have a... um, an adjustment period. I did. I think one of the biggest adjustments was going from the RN to the NP, which didn't have to do with coasts, but it just was a career change for me. So the RN registered, registered nurse. nurse and then NP nurse practitioner. Okay. Okay. And that went from being a person who followed the orders of the doctor to the person who wrote the orders for the nurses. And there's oh. a transition when you're in your 20s writing orders for nurses who've been there for years and they have to, you know, follow your orders. So you have to learn how to work really, really hard to show them that you care and show them that you're there with them and you're going to work hard as hard as they are, you know, to help the patient. So that was a transition. What about your lifestyle change? Um, I read somewhere that driving. (laughs) Yeah, I felt that the highways of California were fast and large (laughs) compared to my East Coast, especially backcountry roads in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, they they are. I mean, even compared to the roads I've driven on back home, um, California highways, they're just in a league of their own, really, (laughs) along with the potholes. Oh, I know. They don't get better. Uh-uh. <laughs> now, who supported you along the way when you wanted to start this business? Um, who, who was your support? 
I always had my dad in my background saying, Mm -hmm. Carol, when is your business and your entrepreneurship and your Wharton degree going to come out? And so it's always a little thought in my mind. I always had my entrepreneur leader who I started a nonprofit in Africa with, Michael Spragans, who was a startup king and entrepreneur, super fast moving and motivator and gave me tips on how to measure success. And I also had my Wharton colleagues from school because they were in my same age category doing amazing things and were able to tell me what was necessary eventually was for me to step away from the bedside and move towards that leadership role. That is, you know, I read that um, as well. um, And it's hard. Yeah. Because when it's your business and you're fully invested in it to to kind of like take a step back and let other people run it. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's hairy scary. It's so scary. One book I read said, if you can see someone do the job 80% as well as you, they're ready to be delegated to and you're ready to step away. And that was a good thing for me to read because I know that as the passionate owner, I believe that there's a time when my quality is just the best. And then eventually now it's not anymore. Now my <laughs> providers are the best quality care that you can get. So yeah. No, and you know, I've realized that as well with my coffee business when I gave a location to a barista and you think, oh my God, oh my God, it's so, it's such a roller coaster that you go on and then you try not to micromanage. And and then I think it becomes a little bit of a, wow, they did a really good job and you're proud of them, but then you almost feel redundant because you're like, well, shit, man, I don't need to be there anymore. (laughs) And you that's know? your measure of success, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? That's a that's exactly how it's been, especially the second maternity leave where my team ran the clinic for six whole weeks without needing me. Wow. And they probably bothered me once. <laughs> and I have to say, your team are exceptional. Thank Every you. time I've gone in there, you know, um, I've always been greeted very warmly and it's just a place where you want to be. That's so that's so the goal we have. Yeah. Where it doesn't feel like a sterile a scary medical environment. We no. want to take the white coat syndrome away and give you the motivation to take care of your wellness and be on your on your same team. Yeah, yeah. You you guys definitely do that. Now, I want to ask you about two of the procedures that you do there. One that I've had, but I cannot explain it. Um, <laughs> the Stellagate ganglion block. Um, I'd like you to tell us what it is, what it does, and how can it help service members. Um, after retirement, if they choose to come in and, and you know, find yeah. out information about the, the ganglion block. Yeah. So the stellate ganglion block or SGB is a treatment often used for PTSD. It was previously used for by anesthesiologists for many decades for pain. Things like pain that didn't go away when they saw a perfect MRI. They said, where's this pain coming from? And they realized it was memorized pain, memorized Mm -hmm. in the brain. Maybe there was an injury and it had healed, but the brain kept replaying that video of the pain over and over. So now we saw that that's the similar experience and pathway that stress gets stored in our brain. So Uh there's a stress injury or a traumatic event. We don't like to call it a disorder. We like to call it an injury because we believe it can be healed from. And the stellate ganglion block is one of the tools to do so a thing. Uh, the, the stellate ganglion is actually sitting in your neck and there's one on each side and it controls the gas pedal to the brain. And when the patient has a traumatic event, it turns on the gas pedal and oftentimes the brain says, okay, for efficiency's sake, I'm just going to pretend like that's still going on because it's been going on every day for the last 
two years. So it might as well just be the same playlist. And then when the stress goes away in their life, the brain is still playing this video. So what we do with the stellate is we do something like you do with a computer where you turn it off and turn it on again when the technician says, hey, that's the first step to seeing if there's a problem that can be fixed. And we put anesthetic around that stellate ganglion. It's like a doctor, you've had a dental injection where they numb your teeth or the nerves around your teeth. Well, it's just numbing that stellate ganglion on one side of the neck. And then after the anesthetic wears off, which is six hours, the reset has happened. Okay. Okay? So that six hour period is when it's a hard reset and it's not allowing that gas pedal to be pushed down to the brain or it's not allowing adrenaline to surge to the brain for that six hours. And when the brain comes back on and the stellate comes back on, I I should say the stellate, when the stellate comes back on, it's at a lower set point. So there's now cruise control and you're just coasting. You're not having that gas pedal to the brain anymore. And you're allowed to make that decision. If you want to go, 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 you can choose to go, 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 but you're not forced to. And when you want to put the brake on, you can put it on gradually and gently. So, yeah. Now, I I will say I've spoken to several people about the fact that I went and got it done. Yeah. And I will say that after I got the um, procedure done, which was painless, Carol is absolutely right. I didn't feel a thing and I could actually see it on a, a monitor. Ultrasound. Yeah. yeah. So I could see it on the monitor and um, I have been told I have a very large um, jugular. So huh? I'm very proud of that. <laughs> um, but I remember after having the procedure done, I, first of all, I cried. And I was a little embarrassed because I remember I was lying there and I started crying. And um, and I looked at the doctor and I was like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And he's like, there's nothing wrong with you. Just <laughs> cry. If that's what you want to just cry. Just relax. That's great. And I, when I went home, I think I slept for about at least 12, 13 hours. I have never slept so solidly all the way through like that. I don't know when the last time I did that. Oh, so good. And I felt... Um, the only way that I, I can use, I felt very light. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I felt when I woke up. I felt light. I felt, um, it, it was a weird sensation, but I didn't feel the the stress or I didn't feel that need to go, go, go. Yeah. And um, it really has made a huge difference for me personally, um, just to be able to maintain that, you know, that one mode, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and only change if I choose to do yes. so. And I've actually found that I don't really want to change my mode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite happy cruising. That's so good. You know, yes. so I would um, definitely recommend. And in fact, today, Carol very generously has is giving away one Stellagate ganglion block procedure to any of our listeners that are going to go to the website, click on your logo, you're going to send us a little brief bio about your service, mm-hmm. uh, what branch you're in, how long you've been and been in, and uh, send us a little brief blurb, and we're going to put it into a drawing, and we're going to get Carol and the girls at Joy Wellness to pull it out, and then you too can also be in cruise control. Um, so go to the website, click on the logo, and um, send us your little blurb. I think it's a great procedure. I really do. Um, I would recommend it to anybody that I know that is stressed. Um, I'm not qualified to talk about PTSD or anything like that. Um, but I just think that uh, there's no downside to it at all. 
Correct. You know, let's go on to um, along with um, now as I just open myself up to everybody. I also went to uh, Carol for <laughs> <laughs> for hormones, which I think are really important for both genders. Right. You know, so um, you guys do a very comprehensive blood panel. Can you explain how you work the the hormones? Sure. So when we want to help a body feel the best, we learn that the hormones are one of the first things that decline as we age. And we use blood work to test those hormone levels. As people start to experience symptoms of fatigue or weight gain or declining sex drive or muscle mass going away, um, even issues like hot flashes during the menopausal phase for women and um, but the men, you know, experiencing the belly weight and maybe just lack of motivation or depression, anxiety, these are a lot of times contributed to hormone imbalance or declining hormone levels. So by testing in the blood, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, thyroid levels, even the vitamin levels like vitamin D and B12 that support hormone synthesis and checking things like your your average you know, your average health and making sure that you're safe, you're not dealing with any cancer risk, then we can talk to you about hormone balancing and how to replace those low levels to keep you feeling as optimal as you did when you were in your 20s and also preventing those diseases that come with aging. Diseases. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, do you get, again, do you get male service members coming in to get tested for hormones as well? Yes, those veterans can come in and they can get tested and they can find that, there's opportunities to optimize their testosterone levels and get them feeling like they were when they were in their youth. Yeah. Now, do you think there's any correlation or is there any studies being done on um, service members and their hormone levels compared to somebody who hasn't been in the service? Is there a difference? From my experience, there is a difference. Oh, and wow, okay. They start out really high, but they decline at a faster rate than those that haven't been in the service because stress is the enemy of the hormone optimization. So oh. even people that, for example, get hormone replacement therapy at our clinic, if they go through a stressful event, they're going to get depleted of their hormone level that we put in twice as fast. And we see that. So same story goes with your natural hormones, that they get depleted faster than your body can reproduce them and replenish them. And those organs, those they're called like glands, the uh -huh. hormone endocrine glands that release the hormones, they end up getting overburnt, burnt out faster than the rest of your body. So a lot of people say, well, I want my body to you know keep going as fast as my mind wants to keep going. Yeah. And it seems that the endocrine system hasn't caught up in our lifespan. We've been living till 80, 90 years old and people at that age can still get hormone balancing because they want to feel as good yeah. as they, you know, as they think they are, as, as youthful as they feel in their brain. I didn't realize that if you go through, and this is good information, that if you go through a stressful event, how it affects your hormones. Right, right. You know, I, I didn't think... And I mean, it makes sense now. It's another treatment also for PTSD. Using the hormone balancing to treat PTSD is something that the BioT company, company in Texas mm -hmm. is really big supporters of. And they, you know, they help to sponsor veterans with PTSD to give them testosterone to help optimize their mental health and to replenish some of those reserves that have gotten depleted. Wow. Yeah. So it's full circle. Yeah. It's integrated. That, yeah, it, it really is. Now, let me ask you, as you were opening up the business... Um, did anybody give you any advice about, apart from your dad? Did anybody say, oh, listen, Carol, I got some advice for you? <laughs> <laughs> I did have some of that. And I would say there's 
there's a a good I, I listen to advice. I like it. I feel that I'm very open to a lot of feedback and whether it's to my advantage or disadvantage, I sometimes, you know, had to learn to find my own voice and just choose the right decision based on sifting through all of that advice. Yeah. Um, there was definitely individuals who would say, uh, well, you better do this service and you better add this product. And there were a lot of people that had ulterior motives, you know, well, if you did this product with me, then we're going to be successful together. And it's hard to sift through that when you're starting out and you want allies because you feel very isolated and very small. And then you realize as you stick with your core values or even write your core values, you know, and know what you stand for it helps you to make clearer decisions. I like the fact that you mentioned write your core values mm-hmm. because I wrote uh, down um, information for my coffee business mm-hmm. and um, it's like what I wanted to create mm-hmm. and I didn't detour from that. Mm-hmm. And I know I read that you had written that sometimes people will want to invest in the business, mm-hmm. but then you also tend to start losing control of it Correct. because that you're trading your control, Correct. you know, and, um, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't lose any of my control. I again, that's a, I think entrepreneurs in general are kind of like control. They want to have the control. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. What advice would you give to somebody who wanted to open a business today? I first and foremost believe that if you believe in the product or service that you want to deliver, that, you will commit yourself to it and wholeheartedly go through whatever it takes to bring it to succeed to success. We yeah. talked about earlier today about pivoting when something doesn't go exactly like you expected. I lost between three and five thousand dollars in my first two days of operations because I was expecting the insurance to come through. And then I realized that my clinic was ending up going to be a cash based business because the insurance connections and applications were too complex. So we went cash from day three and then we recouped that money. And, you know, here we are. And we realized that cash based business gives us more ability to be flexible and to give more customized care than the insurance model. So we pivoted on, you know, the first week of opening. So, and I think my nonprofit in Africa, we changed the model about five times, but we believed in what we were trying to accomplish, the outcomes of improving healthcare and improving quality of patients' lives. And that's still the ultimate measuring standard for our business today. And so if you believe in it so much, you're going to know that it's worth it when you work for hours and even years without the income coming in. Yeah. Um, I think that's, yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any point in anybody starting something off if they're half-hearted about right. it. You know? Right. How are you dealing with balancing both of the uh, business and now that you've got uh, two young ones? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I know you're not there every day. So h- how do you how do you balance both things? And it's you, hard. It's and your hard. husband's still active duty as yes. well. So you've got that in the mix That's as well. That's right. Yes, he has his commitments that are not so predictable, although I'm very blessed that he's been home for the last three years, working mostly from home and then at the base as well in a, um, a non-deployment kind of job right now. So that's been big help. But my nanny helps out on the two days that I go into the clinic. And then the rest of the week, I have the girls and I really maximize their nap time. And I pray that it overlaps at least once or twice a week. <laughs> but as Annalise has gotten a little bit older, she's given me the freedom to uh, take take this day and um, be away. But during their during their time when I'm with them, yeah. it's 
I see the impact of the quality time that I put in yeah. with the way that their behavior shows and their gratitude and just the fun. Yeah. So I realize how, how critical and how crucial that is. And yeah. I've been learning that keeping my phone away or not looking at it, you know, that's also an important factor that I just have to learn and have to minimize that while they're in my life, while they're with me and active and playing. So it's never a, a perfect balance. And there are times where work, I allow it to creep in a little bit on the off hours because I know those are little moments where maybe they're napping on a Saturday yeah. and I can do something. Yeah. So it's not as strict on my nine to five Monday through Friday, but I do have a lot of kid time throughout the week. And I think that's good. I read as well that you said sometimes after you can work at midnight now, if the, you know, you work at strange hours, strange hours, yeah. the breastfeeding hour at midnight, you know, or wake yeah. up at 4 a.m. because that's when she wakes up yeah. and then I get some whiteboarding done yeah. and I'm learning more to develop my team as we talked about yeah. to be able to do a lot of the work of the business for me. But I'm working more on creating the vision and crafting the future steps, creating processes that'll cause sustainable systems to be able to survive when I'm not there. Now, let me ask you about the um, the other part of your business, the aesthetic side. Oh, yeah, that's fun. So what do you think I should get done? Okay, so <laughs> when you look so good, you look so young, you're so fit. and That's you have, because I go to Joy Wellness. Thank you. <laughs> get your hormones optimized first. Yes. It'll help your skin. And then come and see Bonnie and come and see our aesthetic nurses. They are amazing. They'll tell you that there's little treatments, little injections that are minimally invasive, and they'll give you the opportunity to maybe get a peel to smooth out, you know, any skin pigment issues. There's a lot of people that have the sun damage here in California. Yeah. And so April, May, those are like your best months before you get out in the sun all the summer long. Try to get those peels and uh, get your skin all refreshed. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come in and see Bonnie yes. and uh, just ask her honest opinion and say, what, what do I need to do, Bonnie? Yes. Make me beautiful, Bonnie. Oh, she's <laughs> going to have little to do, little to do for you. Now, before we go, let me ask you about your music choices. Taylor Swift. Yes. Um, I can't remember the other two. Oh, I like Vampire Weekend. I like the Avett Brothers. And I do like Hillsong Worship, too. Oh, OK. The, the other two that I was thinking of, <laughs> and I'm, I know I have sung them at some point, yeah. um, are the two movies that your daughters watch with um, Mona. <laughs> Moana. Moana. And Encanto. Yes. <laughs> Those are definitely the most played songs on my playlist these days. <laughs> Aren't they great, though? Oh, yeah. I have oh, to yeah. say, I, I never watched Disney movies until I had kids. And then there were times I remember I was watching like Cars or <laughs> Or something, and my kid was like bored shitless, and he he'd wandered off, and I'm still watching cars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the beauty of having kids; you get to watch the kid movies. Um, Free excuse, yeah. Now, my last question to you here is: What would surprise our listeners to know about you? And a surprise question. That's great. So, <laughs> I think. One thing is surprising, maybe that I have been to all the continents except Antarctica. Oh, wow. So that's fun. I spent my first time abroad when I was, well, the first long time abroad was nine months in the Philippines when I was little. And my family did a relief trip over there. So I think my desire to give back and to help the world probably started from them. Yeah. And my parents were both missionary kids. So both of their parents were missionaries in foreign countries. And my parents met 
when they were in high school or in college and they realized, wow, we went to the same little boarding school back in Malaysia, which there's some really, so I think my, my family heritage is really inspiring to me. And hence the name joy for joy wellness partners came from my grandma. Oh, I like that. Yeah. In the villages of the Philippines. And so that's kind of a neat little background. That is really where neat. I got my motivation for today. And Carol has also set up a non-profit in Burundi. Burundi. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you were there for how long? About a year in total. Went three or four different years in a row. And we have now expanded LifeNet International to several countries in East Africa. I think it's just amazing. Earlier on, I was when Carol was telling me about it, it's amazing to me that one person has started off something and who knows how many lives you yourself have saved mm. and you're in the States and this nonprofit is still functioning and doing good in a completely different country. I, I think that Thank is amazing. You. There really should be a lot more people like you, Carol, just Aww. to just step outside of the box and just to to help where it's needed. Well, thank you, know? you. And you seem to do that with the veterans that walk through your door because, mm-hmm. you know, I've spoken to some people as well that have been there and they, you know, they are amazed as was I, um, with how you do the blood work, how mm-hmm. accurate it is and how different I felt. Cause I'd obviously been to a couple of hormone doctors, mm-hmm. you know, before I was referred mm-hmm. into you and I did not feel half as good you know, so whatever you're doing, you do, you know, keep doing it because it's fantastic. Thank you. you know? Thank you so much. Is there one last thought you would like to leave our listeners with? Or is there a question that you would have liked me to ask you and I didn't? Silence. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun part for you. I love it. I love it. Well, I, I do think that it's important that everyone knows that you can accomplish your dreams. And if you try, you'll be able to succeed. Try again. And there is never a time that entrepreneurship is an easy road. And you'll feel like the roller coaster goes up and then it goes farther down and then it goes a little bit up and then it goes farther down. And then eventually you're wondering, is this ever sustainable for anything? And you'll maybe eventually see the upward trend. And we've just hit the six year point. So we're starting to feel like, excited about where we're going rather than are we just surviving and you have to do it you know if you have that vision and you have something great to give to the world that's where america is so wonderful and we are so grateful to be given these opportunities so i think that's an imparting words of wisdom is that you can make a difference i think those are great words carol it has been a pleasure to have you on here and again she has donated the stellagate ganglion block so you're going to go to the website, The Good Show, G-O-O-D-E. Click on Carol's logo, send us a little blurb, and Carol and the girls will pick out a winner and we'll let you know who it is. Now, um, social media, you're on Instagram. Yes, yes. We've been doing Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn a lot more lately. So you can find us at Joy Wellness Partners or at Enliven Aesthetics SD on Instagram. And you can also search Joy Wellness Partners or Enliven Aesthetics on LinkedIn and Facebook. And we're available at info at joywellnesspartners.com. Perfect. Carol, it's been a pleasure having you here. Um, I can't wait until we do the drawing for the the winner of the Stargate Ganglion Block. Uh, I think that's going to be fantastic. Thanks for listening to today's show. Press that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. Leave me that review so we can get more pro-military folks involved with growing this platform. 
If you've got a story to tell and you want to be on the show, then go to my website, thegoodshow.com. That's G-O-O-D-E show.com. Press the contact button and drop me an email. My name's Sarinda. I'm your military gal, and I'm out. Thank you.